brilliant. He is deadly. And he is still surrounded by frickin' idiots. This summer, secrets will be revealed. One of our best agents has been kidnapped. It's your father. An evil pact. Who has my father? The aptly named gold member. A dangerous mission. Where can I find this gold member? 1975. He is, ladies and gentlemen, his gold member. I am from Holland. Oh. Isn't that weird? Yes. <laughs> A foxy partner. <laughs> on July 26th. Right on, sugar. Can you Yeehaw! keep <laughs> a secret? Molly, 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 Molly. New Line Cinema presents Mike Myers. I haven't laughed that hard since I was a little girl. Thank you. Introducing Beyonce Knowles. Huh? And Michael Caine. Austin Powers in Gold Member. <laughs> Opens July 26th. Welcome back to Franchise Fanatics. I'm Ryan Katmeyer. And I'm Cody Lindley. And this week, we're talking the third film and currently final film in the Austin Powers trilogy, uh, Goldmember. Yeah, baby. And with us this week, we have um, occupational therapist slash comedian slash uh, great fiance to me, Ali Romano. <laughs> Ryan, any words you want to throw in there? Great fiance to you, I think, uh, is is going to be uh, as good as we can get. That's the best superlative. But no, uh, good friend. You know, I don't, I don't know. Do I say hi now? Yeah. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. It was really nice of Cody to call me a comedian. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but here I am. I mean, we met in improv. You just chose COVID as a great sign to retire. The smooth, smooth sailing into retirement. Yeah, it, it sort of sent me into like a silent retirement as well. So I feel like it sent know. the city of Chicago into a silent retirement. Yeah, for sure. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Take That's that. the hot, spicy take. Remember, um, she's just a guest. Don't her views don't endorse the podcast. Uh, we always burn bridges on this podcast. <laughs> Should we talk about who we should be sponsored yes, by this week? Ryan, we should talk about my favorite segment, who we should be sponsored by. One billion, gajillion, fifillion, million, yen. Ryan, you want to kick it off? Ali, you've listened to the podcast, so I know, I know that you know this section. Luckily. Part of that great fiance thing. I have to yeah. listen to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great podcast, too. Say, I would listen to it regardless. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This kind of this kind of feels like uh, when you're in an Uber and the Uber driver is telling you about how great Uber is It's like, yeah, you guys won. I'm I'm here. I'm already <laughs> like you're driving me as we speak. You don't have to sell me on Uber. <laughs> but anywho, uh, today we should be sponsored by uh, a restaurant. I know Cody likes. I don't know if you've uh, had an alley, but Little Walk. Uh, it's Love a little walk. It's a really great restaurant in Lakeview. Um, has Chinese food, Thai food, sushi, uh, all very delicious at a very reasonable price. Um, Check it out. It's on Broadway, just south of Belmont. And uh, yeah, I'm getting it for dinner. So I think that's who should sponsor us today. It's going to sponsor my tummy and the podcast. That's perfect. Ryan, they actually have another location, maybe two. And I don't know where they are, but they could be in your area too, listener. 
Google Little Walk. And if if the restaurant doesn't come up, then just go to whatever the top link is and just buy a little mini walk. And buy maybe you can do walk. some cooking of your own at home. Yeah, get the tiniest one they have. It'll fit in the palm of your pinky. It's actually going to be called a wee-wee walk. Yeah, a little wee-wee walk. <laughs> <laughs> and she says she retired from comedy. Allie, who should we be sponsored by? Um, you know, for Austin Powers gold medal. Gold medal. <laughs> Gold member. Gold medal. (laughs) I was actually going to say we should be sponsored by Precious Metals because gold is one of them. And uh, yeah, that's who I think we should be sponsored by. That's great. I mean, Precious Metals have a lot of value. So great. Great call. I am going to say we should be sponsored by... um, Oh, what was in the uh, preparation H it's both a real life product mm. and a great bit in this movie. Um, so go preparation H. Um, thank you. You should be sponsoring us. We'll take that money. <laughs> Why don't you just call it operation ass creamy ass. And then I guess we'll, we'll break down the characters. I mean, this is gold member. So Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. We're just going to really break down gold member and uh, Foxy Cleopatra, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I and mean, Austin Stad yes, as well. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to talk about initial thoughts or the characters oh, first? We do want to talk initial thoughts. I'll go back in time in my time machine, which has been a plot since the, you know, second movie. And I'll mm-hmm. ask Allie, initial thoughts about Goldmember. I lo- love gold. So I love Austin Powers. Austin Powers was, I think, the first rated R movie I ever watched. And I don't know if anybody knew I was watching it. I was like with a bunch of my older cousins at our family vacation. And I can like picture them laughing at jokes I didn't understand. And I was like laughing too, just because I felt like I was part of it. And um, when Cody was like talking about doing this series, he was like, which one would you want to do? And I was waffling a lot. And I think the reason I chose Goldmember was because by the time it came out, I kind of was old enough to start being in on the jokes a little bit. And um, I probably watched it when it first came out versus like on a VHS and catching bits and pieces. And, you know, the fact that Britney Spears briefly was in it and Beyonce was in it. It had these cultural people that I could more so like identify with and understood a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that there are definitely things that did not age kindly. Um, some <laughs> jokes that we would make these days. Uh, but you know, that's, that's the SNL characters truths of the nineties and early aughts. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Great points. Love, love your history with the series. That's great. Um, yeah. Ryan, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, thanks. I, I was I, I'm glad you addressed it because I was kind of curious why you willingly opted for gold member, but that makes a lot of sense. Uh, my initial thoughts on this movie, this movie, uh, this movie is fine. Uh, I, I this is going to sound so mean, but I feel like this movie was like written by someone who isn't Mike Myers or the other writers from the first two that tried to write an Austin Powers movie. Like it has some of the elements of like similar jokes and everything. And like, I still like this movie. Like I watched it um, a couple days ago, Saturday morning. <laughs> it's <laughs> 
<laughs> this is just kind of a, a funny side point uh, that I'll take two seconds to address. But I woke up pretty early, so I started watching it at like 645 in the morning, which just felt like a strange time to be watching an Austin Powers movie. But I was like, I don't know. I'm up. I'm just going to have some coffee and watch this. Um, but anyways, I, I do I do like some elements of this. Obviously, like the additions to the cast for this one, uh, like Beyonce and Michael Caine are great. But yeah, I don't know. It just maybe it's because I have such a deep, deep love for the first two. And obviously, if you've listened to the other two episodes, like they're very formative movies for me. So maybe I just don't have as much love and adoration for this one. But it kind of feels similar to like Back to the Future 3, where it's like it's still an Austin Powers movie. I still enjoy it, but I just don't have uh, nearly as much adoration or I'm not as effusive about it as the first few. Um, yeah, I thought about this to Allie too. And I was like, it's interesting because this is the most recent one. And I feel like this one holds up like the worst compared to the other two. I mean, granted it's still from 2002, it's 21 years old and like everything prior to like 2019 has elements of it that (laughs) don't hold up, but there's definitely some jokes from this one. And I think Mike Myers kind of in general, uh, is known to not treat the Asian community the best yeah. uh, to to put it sort of plainly without getting too much into the weeds on it. Um, But yeah, that, that was just something else that I kind of noticed about it. But again, good movie. Still like it. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll go into my initial thoughts here. Yeah. I mean, it is a movie of such high highs, like the character of Goldmember and just like all of his lines make me lose it. It's so funny. He's like, uh, toy like a tiger. It's just so funny. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, that was a great impression. Thank so you. Bad. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but it's also of such low lows because like, yes, definitely 1960s um, uh, James Bond movies are not kind to minorities, but like we don't need to retread that. We don't need to do that. Like, that's a part that we know was bad. We don't need to parody it by just doing it. And like, it is interesting that um, we hit on black exploitation movies, which are, you know, the of the 70s, which were so good, you know. Um, but it I don't love how Mike Myers as Austin Powers interacts with it. And then obviously Dr. Evil, like the rap. I was <laughs> I don't know. It has never made me laugh like. That's part of the movie that I'm just like, okay, yep, you're rapping in a prison. Got it. Like, which some of their modern reaches work for me, like Britney Spears being in it. That was fun. Um, The whole Mm -hmm. intro, like kind of parodying uh, what like the Pierce Brosnan movies were like these insane action movies and like the cameos are great. Um, But then you have your, you know, Ozzy Osbourne. And I was like, oh, I forgot he was culturally relevant. I literally said that to Ali while we were watching. I was like, meh. So I think like it's funny because I do really like this movie, but I also agree it's aged the least well. And also like there's just some parts where you're like not gonna you're just like kind of waiting for the fun to happen again. These filmmakers are just boobs. What do you mean, Dad? Well, they're using the same joke as they did in the last Austin Powers movie. Now we'll break down characters. (laughs) Yeah. Where do we want to where do we want to start? Do we want to start with? Gold member, the titular gold member. Yeah. I love gold. Allie, give us your thoughts on gold member. The character, not the, not the film. 
You know what? Sadly, I get very few references to film that these movies make because I I've never seen a James Bond movie. Like <laughs> I know that that's a character or a movie in James C. I don't even know. But um, anyway, this gold member is the one that I'm familiar with. I'm curious if there's a Swedish character in the other one, but I just like like Cody. Although he can't do the accent very well, I am just tickled by his the fact he's so obsessed with the fact that he's from Sweden. Like he has to say it a couple times and like <laughs> Foxy Cleopatra puts it in her song. The thing that I think is most interesting about Goldmember is that they wrote in his constant need to eat his own skin. That's um, <laughs> just an interesting plot point. Like it has nothing to do with gold. He just collects his skin. And if he doesn't have his little jar next to him, he's got to eat it. And, you know, I think that, um, he should look into that a little bit. Maybe some therapy will reveal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's just a fun villain. Like there's, you know, all the characters in this movie are fun villains, but he's quite a guy. Yeah. I mean, R Ryan, I'll talk next. Cause I don't know if you're going to ask me or not, but Mike Myers in another role. But again, I like when Mike Myers plays multiple roles in this series because they're so different. Like, yeah, Allie, the whole like, um, I'm from Sweden. Isn't that weird? Isn't like, that weird? <laughs> um, it's so funny. And just, I love gold. Like, he's so quotable. Um, I don't know if that character's like eating the skin is a reference to the villain and like Goldfinger. Um, no clue. Uh, couldn't tell you. And I would say I'm the James Bond film buff of this group, which is a mediocre knowledge of some of it. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, he's so funny, just super quotable. I, I, and you're right, a, a fun addition uh, as a villain in this, especially since, you know, well, I won't get there. We'll talk about it in the plot challenge. But Brian, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I again, I don't like dislike this character, but I just don't have as much connection to either of you do um, to him, I guess. Like he. uh yeah, I, I don't know. I think they try to get a lot of jokes just based off of like him pronouncing things weird, like the whole Faja thing. I'm just kind of like, OK, so is the joke that like he's just European and you can't understand him and like that's kind of it. But there there definitely are very. Yeah, like him saying, isn't that weird is always funny. And I, I do. I do love the the smoke and a pancake and or like bong and a blitz, blitz or bong and a blitz. That joke gets me. I think that's <laughs> like a good <laughs> I don't remember all of them, uh, <laughs> but that joke, those jokes uh, do hit with me. And I feel like that's kind of like that classic Austin Powers, of like repeating a joke uh, that I really appreciate. But yeah, I don't know. And yeah, the whole skin thing, I think, honestly, just kind of bothers me more than like anything else. I'm like, yeah, this guy was weird already. You didn't have to make him eat his own skin. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of grosses me out more than anything, which I think is sort of the point of it, but. Fisha, you know, the Fasha. Yeah, gold member, I don't speak freaky deaky Dutch. Okay, perv boy. I'm gonna jump off talking about uh, Foxy Cleopatra. I'm Foxy Cleopatra and I'm a whole lot of woman. Fine, fun. Um, doesn't have nearly an, as much to do as like Felicity Shagwell, which is interesting because they like give her a dead partner and stuff, but. I kind of missed like some of the banter that Felicity had and she didn't stand counterpoint enough to Austin. I still think it's crazy that Beyonce is in this movie because imagine Beyonce being asked to be in an Austin Powers film now <laughs> or like any movie. She's like, no, I've created an empire of I don't need to do that. Like, 
But I mean, she, yeah, she's fun. She brings some fun energy. I just wish the character were written a little bit better. Although the Nathan Lane scene, hilarious. You got a lot of nerve dragging your job, white ass in here. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, you know, it. I thought it was kind of a cool element to add in, like that she's like from the black story, black exploitation film era, um, which was like sort of an interesting addition. But yeah, I, I wish there was definitely a, a bit more out of her character. And I think I feel the same way about hers. I did kind of Vanessa. Like, I don't think she was as much like, oh, Austin, you're you're acting strange, like which was kind of like the crux of Vanessa's character. But it just. There should have been a lot more uh, to this character. I think, it, you know, if it was written or if she got like some more jokes in there, I think that would have been uh, they could have got a lot of mileage out of it. But I like Beyonce in this role. Like, I think she did a good job acting. Uh, I do. I, I yeah, every, obviously, every time I watch this, I do kind of think about like how she is like <laughs> the biggest pop star in the world, arguably now and like has you know, like fans that are so fanatical about her. And part of me also, I'm always curious. It's like, is there a generation of Beyonce fans that don't know she was in gold member? Like, I bet there's some people who are like huge fans of hers that like have no idea what this movie is. Um, so yeah, that's what, those are my thoughts on Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah. I think that Foxy is definitely not as much of a, like Austin's, you know, oh, whatever. I don't know what you call it. But <laughs> in terms of like the Vanessa, the Felicity, I almost feel like the plot point of his father overtakes what she would maybe provide in certain times. And also like the mini me edition, which we're going to get into. It just kind of like maybe the points that she would take more of a front seat. Like literally there was the part where Austin and his dad were driving and she's just in the back seat, like looking between them. And so you wonder if she would have had more dialogue or something if there weren't those other foils to her, but almost. But um, yeah, I, I think that Beyonce has such a presence and star power naturally, even before she was so big that it makes her engaging to watch. But it's also like, oh, she's a singer. Like, Brian, you said she was a good actress in this role. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but she has such a presence that, yeah, you want to watch her the whole time. So it's like, do it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's so nice <laughs> that you were in Austin Powers. <laughs> wow. Uh, Allie's review of Beyonce's performance. Do it. That's great. <laughs> that might be the first yeah, shirt we have made for the podcast. Do it. That's great. <laughs> do it. That's great. No Nike swoosh. No, no, just do it. That's great. Do it. That's great. Um, And then one last character that we've kind of mentioned, um, Austin's father. Ryan, you haven't kicked off a character yet, so how about you kick us off with this? Yeah, uh, great call making Michael Caine in this movie. Uh, Wish he would have taken this role as dark and serious as he did playing Scrooge in Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, you know, he uh, he does a nice job. You know, they make him like an older version of Austin, more or less. And obviously, like, yeah, it is kind of interesting to like, because I think it's some insight into like, what if Austin sort of had a different path, right? Where like Austin became a father and it would kind of turn out to be like. Nigel, Niles, mm-hmm. Nigel, Nigel, yeah. Nigel. Um, Niles yeah, is the, so, the other Frasier brother, but thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Shout out to Frasier. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have like a lot of like strong feelings about this character. You know, he's got like 
a decent amount of screen time and like some okay jokes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would say overall, like my first thought when I saw Michael Caine, because I did forget that he was the I don't think I knew who Michael Caine was when I was watching this movie, to be honest, like at first. Mm. Um, So then now that like even at the beginning of the movie, when um, Tom Cruise was in there, I was like, Tom Cruise is in this. And Cody's like, you didn't know that. And I was just like, I don't know if I knew who Tom Cruise was when I was in 2002. I was nine. Like I wasn't thinking about it. you know. But um, when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's a great dad to Austin Powers. Like what a good you know, almost look alike and to play a more respectable version of what Austin's bringing. Um, but yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, good. That's good. Uh, Michael Caine will love to hear that. Um, yeah, I mean, a- agreed. Great character choice. I think my only knowledge of Michael Caine at this point, and I may even be wrong with the dates, but I was like, Alfred, oh yeah, he's doing a great job as Austin's dad. Um, <laughs> but like, obviously such a good actor. Um, great in this role it makes me you're right like i wish that felicity shagwell had stuck around and austin was a new father so that we had like a dichotomy between the two because like the plot is good you know like we need to be like fathers and like they try to play it off with scotty when austin's like trust me you shouldn't just like always fight for your father's approval and i was like if that plot had maybe been in here for all three movies like scotty was and we'd seen that, sure, but like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he does great with character. It's fun, but it's like, yeah, I think the time split between Beyonce and Michael Caine um, would have been better served if one of the others had just gotten that more screen time and character development. There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Which leads us to something that Ali has been dreading. Since, since I told her about this, um, we're going to do a three minute plot challenge. Ryan, if you'd like to introduce it while I get the timer ready. Sure. Yeah. Now is the point in time where uh, Allie's going to break down the plot of Austin Powers Goldmember in three minutes. Uh, just kind of hitting the high level notes and everything. You know, if you're listening to this, we'll assume that you've watched in the past, but we're just going to kind of do a quick recap here. All right. And Allie's going to kill it. I'm so nervous. Two. One. Okay, so it opens up with the typical Austin Powers action scene, and then it's revealed that actually that is the movie version that's being made by Steven Spielberg, and that's when the Austin Powers do 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 you know all the dancing begins at the beginning. Britney Spears comes out. Um, Steven Spielberg dances a little bit. And uh, yeah, that's how the movie starts. Um, and then you find out that uh, Dr. Evil is working with this guy, Goldmember, to, on Preparation H um, to explode the world probably or so- something like that. And then he's like, and even Austin Powers can't catch me. But then Austin Powers is like, gotcha. And then Dr. Evil goes to jail. And Austin gets knighted by the queen. And then he realizes his dad was not there to see him be knighted. And everybody's laughing at him at the queen's court, including this old janitor. And then he gets sad and realizes his daddy was never there. And he had a song, Daddy Wasn't There. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, in jail, uh, Dr. Evil's there. And Austin visits him 
I don't know if it's because he realizes that Austin, no, it's because he knows where gold member is or something. He needs his help. But then they talk about daddy not being there a little bit more, I think. <laughs> uh, Dr. Evil makes everyone escape from jail. I'm really out of plots are very hard for me. Um, so at some point <laughs> he leaves jail uh, and somebody tells Austin where gold member is and it's I have a minute left. Um, and, and so it goes to 1970. No, he goes to 1975 at Studio 69. And that's where Cleopatra is like gold members up there. And he's like, oh, because he has stole his dad. He stole his dad. That's why this whole thing started. <laughs> so Nigel is stolen and Austin's got to get him back. Um, but then he does. Uh, no, he keeps taking them. I don't know. At some point, they gotta go find him in Dr. Evil's underwater. But at some point, Mini-Me gets upset that Scotty is liked a little bit more than he was before. Um, and so Mini-Me changes sides and now he's working with Fox Cleopatra, aka Beyonce and Austin and they go to save the dad and there's the funny scene where he gives birth to Mini-Me behind the screen. That's a good running little gag. And then they start to let the dad out and they, then he reveals that he was both of their fathers and then they all are like happy but Scotty was like, I'm evil though. That was a plot point earlier. <laughs> well done, Austin. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I was so bad at fun. No, you did great. You no, did I just great. Like, forget the order of things, and <laughs> we just watched it today. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did great. Um, no, I think the only thing that you didn't get to that I'll I'll mention real quick is sure. that they do a return to the framing device of the movie trailer because John Travolta turns around as Goldmember. They don't really tell you how they stop Goldmember, and uh, then John Travolta does his thing. Oh, they're actually watching the movie. Um, and then we kind of just get like Scott's evil and completely bald now. Um, but everyone else is happy and getting along. Um, and that's how the movie wraps. Yeah, baby. Hmm. No, just trying it on. All right. We're at our recap rating. Great, great three minute plot challenge, Allie. Um, I think I think you stuck to like the scene format. So much more than most people do at the beginning. That was hilarious. I almost expected you to be like a, a dark cabin Enter Austin Powers. <laughs> no, yeah. Overview is not something I've ever really been good at. I'm just kind of long winded. <laughs> nice. All right. Recap rating. Allie, we'll start with you. Um, just you know, your final thoughts and then give it a rating of something out of five. Sure. Um, I overall still think very fondly of this movie. There are things that no longer land. Um, so those will subtract a little bit, but, um, on the basis of nostalgia, Beyonce, Austin Powers and Britney Spears, I'm going to give this, uh, 4.5 Johnson's out of five. Nice. Brian's Brian? going to disagree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm I guess I can kind of explain why after, but I'm going to give this movie uh, two and a half out of five bald Seth Greens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it's just the plot to this movie, especially towards the end where like they're revealing all these details just feels like they 
had like the plot sort of figured out and then they had like a third of the time that they wanted to write it. So like, okay, well actually, uh, you know, Nigel is uh, both their dads and, you know, they met at this uh, academy and Austin won and Dr. Evil came in second and number two came in third. And, you know, they, they're, they've been siblings the whole time and they've both been like fighting for their dads. So it just felt like pretty rushed and stuff. And like, I don't know, the last like 15 minutes of this movie, they reveal so much that they left out of the rest of the um, franchise and stuff. And I think, yeah, I mean, who cares? Because ultimately it's an Austin Powers movie. I'm not watching these for the plot necessarily. I just don't think the jokes are uh, hit as hard as, as some of the others. Although I will say, similar to the first two, uh, there was one joke that flew under the radar that I don't ever really remember watching from the other two. Or, or from the other times I've watched it. And <laughs> it was when... Uh, Foxy Cleopatra goes, tell me something I don't know. And Austin goes, I open mouth kissed a horse once, which is <laughs> a great a joke line. that I don't remember hearing from uh, from the, the first few. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my take on it. Nice. I'm going to go. Uh, honestly, I'm splitting right down the middle. I'm going to give it a three point five cars that are time machines out of five. I think that. Some of the jokes really land. I feel like give this movie another 30 minutes. I mean, it's the, so far the last one. Give it another 30 minutes. Let some of the characters round out, hunt, like remove some of the more problematic elements and replace them with like just better jokes and more through line, which is obviously asking a lot from like a, a comedy in the early 2000s. But like, I think it would really hold up with the rest of it, because I think there are some parts that just are so funny and work so well. Like, yeah, the Academy scene, we only get it once. It'd be like, have been a cool thing if they kept going back to it. And we saw more, you know, it's definitely um, a movie of convenience, like without they don't call it out as well as they do in the second movie where like Michael York's character as Basil Exposition is like, don't worry about time travel, Austin. And that goes for you, too. Like, that's a moment. All the reveals <laughs> could have maybe used a little bit more of a wink from the fourth wall because we don't get it. And it's more just like. This is how it is. One thing I have to call out, a joke that is definitive to Ali and I's relationship is the line <laughs> when Fat Bastard uh, turns to the toilet and he says, wait, what's the actual line? The actual line, I'm, I'm upset about this, actually. I would say that even previous to Cody, this quote was central to my being as a person. And... It, the actual I tried to make quote. it sweet and she was like, no, <laughs> no, it is about you, though, because I call you corn. I call <laughs> I call Cody corn or corndy as like a nickname. But um, the quote is I didn't eat any corn, but my That's like right. whole life, I would just shout at random intervals like I don't remember eating any corn. And I would always say it like that. And so Cody sometimes will be like around the apartment and I'm like, do you remember? And he'll be like, I don't remember. And I'll be like, I don't remember eating any corn. And now. Where is Fat Bastard from? In, yeah, right. uh, in, your, in the world of your apartment. <laughs> roasted. Boom. Roasted. Yeah. Nobody in this house is good at impressions. Um, <laughs> um, that's not what we that's not our claim to fame. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Allie. No, that's that's the end of it. I just my life has no meaning anymore because I've been incorrectly quoting Goldmember for 
20 years. Yeah, um, exactly. Wait, is that and, not what he says? He no, says, I did not, I did not eat any. <laughs> the <laughs> subtitle said dinner. D-I-N-N-A. Uh. <laughs> like, I did not eat any corn. And I always said, don't remember eating any corn. Oh, no. I don't know. Well, I, I think that's better. a better thing to. <laughs> a good like, revision to the script. <laughs> Brian's like, I the literally Mandela didn't effect. understand the difference between the lines. So that's fine. Uh, all right. Same well, this thing, is, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. What the, I didn't have any corn! So next, we'll talk about whether or not this movie helped or hurt the franchise. Allie, what do you think? Well, clearly I'm a fan, so I'll say that this one helped. I also think that although the end happened very quickly, it was a nice way to like join the forces being the third and final movie of like, oh, we can kind of live happily ever after. But then that stop point is like a fun, but will they, you know, I just thought it was a good, thought it was a good one. I, I think that um, even though I think it might be a weaker one in the franchise, I do still think it helped the franchise overall. I think like carried plots in a sensible way. Again, some killer jokes. The meteorite little thing punching Dr. Evil in the nuts. Hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> You turned me into a freaking jack in the box. Uh, so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll go with helps. Um, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do think it still helped the franchise. Like it introduced some new characters. And I think like it's it's often like quoted quite a bit. Obviously, it's ingrained in Allie's personality. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I, I think, yeah, a lot of like what Goldmember and other characters say from this film is is brought up and just like referenced a lot amongst probably like our whole generation. So, yeah, I think even though it's not as good as the first two, like I still think that it helped the franchise. Your spy cars are mini. It's not the size, mate. It's how you use it. Do we feel like we needed this movie in the franchise? I'm going to say yes. I think we needed it. I say I, I definitely it needed it. Yeah, I just think that it ends it in a nice way. Yeah, I guess if we're talking about it in the context of a franchise, we did need it because if it was just the sec if the second movie were just ended, then like, you know, they escape again and it's kind of open ended, which I think for a comedy ultimately is fine. But yeah, to make it a franchise. Yeah, we needed this to make it so that we could talk about it on this podcast where the general rules That's are true. there must be at least three movies for it to be a franchise. Oh, everyone likes their own brand, don't they? This is magic. Now, ranking these three movies. Um, Allie, let's start with you. I think I know maybe where this one falls, but I'm curious well, to see where you know, uh, the other two fall. Well, we all she watched all of them with me recently, too. So I'm uh, actually yeah, curious no, about I, the ranking, too. Hey, no judgment. I was just saying, I think maybe I if I had to guess I might know where gold member falls, but yeah, I'd love to hear. I, this is this is tough, though. I mean, I think that nostalgically and quote wise, I definitely identify with gold <laughs> member the most. But I respect the first film. Like that's probably the one that I watched. I don't know. I watched all three quite a bit growing up, but I would say that the first one kicked it all off and. Um, might actually take that number one spot. I'm going to put gold member at number two and spy who shagged me at three. Um, but really I, I could tell you something different tomorrow. 
So we'll re-record this um, tomorrow, and we'll see which version makes it yeah. onto the there, podcast. Recap the plot better tomorrow. My God. I needed, like, one of those stress balls to hold on to while I was doing that. I'm going to go. I'm going to start my number one spot. I'm going to go Spy Who Shacked Me. Um, I think it's so good. And I think that, like, as I said last episode, introducing Mini-Me and Fat Bastard, like, those are characters I so identify with the series. Um, so that one's going to slot into my first slot. I'm going to put Goldmember 3. I don't know why. This recent rewatch of all three of them really made me laugh. Um, definitely needs to... Definitely wouldn't be made today, but it's my second. And then I think the first one's really solid. Um, I think it's, you know, a great formula for the other two, and that's going to be in my third slot. Yeah, I'm going to go, uh, if you've been listening to the any of the episodes here, it's probably obvious which one is my favorite, which is the second, The Spy of Shag Me. I just think it's got the best jokes, the best character development um, for everyone involved, especially those that are introduced. Um, yeah, I, and that's just also, I think that's the one I'm probably the most nostalgic for. In second place, I'll put number one. Uh, again, I think it's got some some really, really solid jokes. Kicked it all off, gave us uh, some iconic characters and everything. And then, yeah, in uh, in third place, I'm going to I'm going to go with gold members still. Still an awesome powers movie. Still like it. But yeah, not nearly as much as the other two for me. Too bad for you. Now, this is the end of the franchise. The reason I mentioned i keep saying like the current end is like even last year mike myers was like i'm really focusing on being a parent but i'd love to make austin powers four we have a script so who knows mm. depending on what the plot is they could like bill and ted three this thing where like it's an older austin doing something i doubt they will i think it's probably done but that said it's the end of a franchise so we get to talk into franchise things Allie, kick us off an overall review of the franchise. Well, okay, so here's the thing about Austin Powers. It's like you both said, it's less about plot and more about like, let's play around with the jokes and like the jokes that work, let's make them reappear. So I think, you know, like the Johnson and them cutting to different things. And then in this one, they did it with boobs. And like, that was a fun change to the running gag that occurred in the first movie. Um <laughs> But I think that overall as a franchise, it's just a good, it, it, good joke writers will make a good Austin Powers and good character actors will make a good Austin Powers movie, Austin Powers movie. <laughs> Perfect. Brian? Yeah, I mean, these movies, I, I love them. I, I think, yeah, you know, I don't care a ton about the plot. Uh, they're just super funny. And yeah, the jokes are like very, very well written. Just like and there's so many like minor details that are just so good, like random task being like a, a wordplay for odd job. as like a character from an, from a James Bond movie. Um, yeah. You know, they, they I, I just like belly laugh when I watch these movies. And um, I think some of the jokes are really smart. I think some of the jokes are really subtle. I think they really like drive some of the jokes like the ones that they repeat like johnson you know whatever they see the radar that kind of stuff and it's just always super funny but i don't think it's like completely completely overdone in a lot of ways either um so yeah i think especially for like a series of three movies again like we got some really iconic characters super quotable um i i love these movies so yeah big fan 
Yeah. I, every time I watch these movies, I enjoy them more. Um, huge fan. Great comedy. I also grew up. I think one of the reasons I was thinking about this since our last episode was like, why didn't I like these movies as much growing up? I would have assumed I would have loved them. And I realized this was in my like pretty serious religious kid phase. <laughs> as, mm. as like a 13 year old. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why I probably was like, this is funny, but morally wrong. Um, but now, man, they're great. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it's a great it's a great um, franchise. I'm actually I thought about this, too. I was like, I can't wait till we do a franchise we don't love, <laughs> which is it's been yeah. great. But we've been gushing about them all. And we're always like, yeah, this is a four point five. And it's not that I want to shit on something, but I do think the first episode mm -hmm. where we're like, this movie wasn't good. One point five. It'll be so different. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I love this. I love this franchise. It's great. Yes, nice to mole you. Meet you. Nice to meet you, mole. Don't say mole. I said mole. Hey, I have a question for the two of you. Do you think this is the best comedy franchise that we have? Oh, oh, that's so tough. I'm trying to rack my brain for other ones that are more than two movies. Well, I think I was I was personally thinking about like other SNL movies that have happened like this. Mm -hmm was a movie of SNL cast members given by a Lorne Michaels budget. Am I correct in saying that? I think I think so. Or at least it's a lot of a lot of people from and that. Out of those, I would say it's certainly the most famous. Like I I, I mean, like Cody said, he's trying to think of other I, there have obviously been other SNL movies that are made, but I feel like especially now, because of things streaming and stuff, they don't maybe air the same way that they used to or get similar traction but i just felt like this was like a cultural like everybody knows austin powers everybody's seen austin mm -hmm. powers yeah i mean yeah i just googled like best comedy franchises and while some of them are fine oceans is on here and i'm like uh, i guess but like yeah i think this might be uh, there might be some exceptions like i might like the cornetto trilogy more that um, Edgar Wright did, but those aren't really like sequels. Those are just like spiritual sequels to each other. That's Shaun of the Dead, um, Hot Fuzz yeah. and that um, and at World's End. But yeah, I mean, it's you're probably right, Ryan. It's probably like the most iconic, the best uh, comedy franchise. Um, and guys, when you rate and review us, let us know your top comedy franchises. Um, <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, <laughs> Take it down and So, uh, Allie, as I told you, and as you know, it's recast time. Um, excited to hear who your recasts for characters are. Unless do you want to have any final thoughts on the franchise? One final thought is just I. Yeah, I just love a good like parody movie, too, especially like for comedies. Like I love all the Wayne's Brother films, you know, whether that's like the scary movies or um, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I also love you know, like hot shots and all that stuff. And these are, are the best of the best in terms of, of parody films. Satire. You know, Dr. Evil, I used to think you were crazy, but now I can see you nuts. I thank you. Well, let's recast. Let's recast. Okay. So I have two versions. In one, Austin Powers is shared in character with Frau Farbissina instead of Dr. Evil. And I would cast Austin and Frau as Kate McKinnon. And in this world nice. where Austin and Frau share a person, I was going to cast Dr. Evil as 
Andrew Knox. Um, this was a Chicago mm. comedian that I saw like in, I think he did Second City main stage for a couple of years, but he was kind, kind of took off because of his Trump impression. And I feel like Dr. Evil and Trump have similar cadences and <laughs> spirits. So I thought that he would do really well <laughs> as Dr. Evil. Um, yeah. But in the that. world where Austin and Dr. Evil are the same person, I was going to cast them both as Kate McKinnon and then Frau Farbissna would be Bowen Yang. Um, because I thought he would make a fun person there to raise his eyebrows at the chaos happening around him. That's great. Um, I believe Scotty was another person we were casting. I said that Pete Davidson would probably fall pretty well into that role. Um, He's, you know, an angry angry little teen. (laughs) Not about being a fan. It's just, is he right for the role? You know? You can hate yeah, I'm sorry, people I, too. <laughs> I talked over you. What what had you said? I'm so sorry. Uh, I just saw Ryan's eyes like die a little, which is always so funny. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think that's a great casting choice. But Ali, I talked over you. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I don't think Pete Davidson's the best actor of all time. I think that he would be a good Scotty. <laughs> um, and then Foxy. I feel like the person who is the you know, a Beyonce-esque person of today who might be in a movie and has that cultural significance is Ariana Grande. Um, She also does some acting thingies or used to. And then I have another pitch. So for mini-me, I feel like that wouldn't fly these days. We're not going to have a mini-me. But what could we do that would be fun in like a clone? And I was like, we could have like a M3gan kind of character. Megan, the... So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. a little robot who starts having its own Dr. Evil thoughts. That's fun. I like that. Hell yeah. These are all great. Pretty SNL heavy, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I love that. And obviously this movie has very, very close ties to SNL, as you mentioned, of course. Uh, hell yeah. Bo and Yang uh, pretty heavily featured in a lot of these recasts. I think Audrey also. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Tossed him in there. So hell yeah. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, yeah. Any uh, any final thoughts or anything before we wrap up here, folks? Fun franchise. Fun franchise. Um, next time yeah. we're going to be talking about. Um, I actually don't know a line from this one. So Ryan, do you want to give a hint for, for the next franchise? Get to the chopper now, and then you'll be able to listen to it. Nice. But uh, before we go, Allie, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, Is there anything you want the folks out there to know where they can find you or anything uh, of that sort? Anything you want to talk about? Huh? Well, as we said, I've retired. So if you want to find me bopping around the city of Chicago, I like to ride my bike in the summer. I like going for swim. And I welcome, you know, friendship. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that probably sounded a lot more creepy uh, than I meant it to be. I meant like on social media or something, not like where you're located in case anybody wants to find you and discuss uh, gold member. Everybody, hey, baby. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Uh, and yeah, yeah, thanks, Allie. Appreciate thanks you all so listening. Awesome. Cool. Till next time, guys. Bye. See ya.
Yeah!